Hey guys, just a quick interlude um, before I get started. Apologies for sound at the start of this, that my microphone wasn't on and it just recorded through the computer, but I didn't want to do it all again, so there'll be some ups and downs, um, but it's okay, you, you should be able to hear it. Thank you. Well, hello, and welcome to episode number 16 of Building a Better Body podcast. I know it's only been a week, but it actually feels like ages since I have done a recording. Perhaps because last week was super short. <laughs> so anyway, let's get started. Um, what is new with me? I've actually just finished the audiobook called You Are a Badass by Jane Sincero. I think that's how you pronounce her name. Uh, S-I-N-C-E-R-O. Um, this is the first time I've really actually got involved with audiobooks. And I have to say, I love it. You know, you can just throw it on when you're making dinner washing the dishes, even in the shower, because we have a, a waterproof speaker in there. It means you can get through a book much faster. Not that we should rush away through life, but, um, you know, this is good for me because I'm kind of prone to starting a book and not really finishing it. Um, and I think when the actual author is narrating it, it's, it's much more captivating and you can just put it on at any moment. Um, it holds your attention and you can feel, you know, the, the passion behind it. And Jane sort of injects a lot of humour into her writing, which is lovely to listen to as well. So, um, what is your badass all about? Well, the title really says it all, doesn't it? Um, all I will say about it is, as soon as it finishes, you kind of want to do and get involved in anything that you're passionate about. You know, you, you do come away feeling that you need to make some changes and you're more than capable of doing it um, and it's basically focusing on how ridiculous our negative beliefs are and how much they hold us back and once you can kind of work out how they started you know write down your negative beliefs and what you've kind of always believed in the past and then wipe over that with something positive and then make that your future forget the past um, also, that some sometimes the passion for change is so great that it almost certainly outweighs the fear of getting started. Um, and action therefore becomes a necessity, which I love as well. So, if you're on the market for a new uplifting read, give that one a go. Uh, you are a badass by Jane Sincero. She's got another one out about money, but I don't think you can get it in the UK yet. So, we'll probably get that in the future too. Um, I'll put a link to the book on in the show notes if you want to check it out as well. Uh, also with me, my book, my book, talking of books, is still up there, of course, uh, for pre-order and launch on the 1st of May. I'm going to have a little Facebook Live event on the 1st of May if you're around. Um, send me an email to karen at goodcleanchow.com and I'll invite you to the group. Spread the word, tell your friends. Uh, I'd love that. And that's kind of my exciting news for today. So what's in the news? Did you see the article, the last person born in the 1800s died, and so will you, the article was called. Um, at least Emma Morano passed away at 117 a couple of Saturdays ago, born in 1899. I was interested to read a, a little bit about her lifestyle. Um, Morano said she ended an abusive marriage and ate raw eggs and cookies. <laughs> um, Gian Louise Calmet used to be the oldest person ever and lived to 122. Uh, she ate two pounds of chocolate per week and quit smoking at 119. So th the article suggests that those lifestyle choices where they lived and what they ate probably didn't do much. 
in the in the world of aging sciences, if you want to live a long life, choose long lived parents. Uh, if only we had the choice, but apparently there's something in that. You know, these guys these guys' parents lived a long life, so genetics possibly played a part. Um, so the article says, you will die. The decisions you're making are probably making your life shorter. You probably won't live to be 100. And if you do, it's not because you drank red wine, snorted antioxidants, or bathed in coconut oil. You got lucky. Harsh words. I don't really like that vibe, to be honest. Um, I would say it's a bit more scientific than luck, don't you think? Um, sure, we may be predisposed or, or not to get certain illnesses, but I absolutely believe you can hack your genes just ask, for instance, Dave Asprey from Bulletproof. He he was majorly overweight with arthritis and thyroid issues, and through a little bit of biohacking, um, he's the fittest he's ever been with some great muscle mass. Uh, he could easily just have accepted things as they were, but um, and put it down to bad luck, but he, and continue down a, a downward spiral. But he didn't. He chose to make a different choice. Um, or there's also ter Dr. Terry Walls. She was wheelchair bound with quite bad um, multiple sclerosis, but she decided to make major life changes with her diet and really stripped back all the stuff that was inflammatory basically in her diet and is now off on bike rides and creating books on the subject and helping probably thousands of people right now. I think if we're you know prepared to do a little bit of work, you know, one life, do I really want to struggle? Uh, if there's a way at all um, to not succumb to whatever is challenging us, wonderful things can happen. And they do happen all the time. One thing I think that these ladies mentioned in the article um, seem to have in common is they appear to have had happy lives, judging by their decision making. So is it happiness and contentment that adds value and length to your life? along with other lifestyle changes who knows but we just got to try and do the best we can with the information that we're given so that is what was in the news that caught my eye this week now moving on to the topic of the week and i'm just going to play you a little clip happiness is in looking at the glass and seeing the truth of the glass seeing the half full side and being grateful for it seeing the half empty side and saying can i do anything about it and if not can i accept it Truly, happiness is not about what the world gives you, how much water is in this glass. Happiness is about what you think about what the world gives you. Happiness is equal to or greater than the difference between the way you see the events of your life and your expectation of what life, uh, of how life should behave, right? So if life meets your expectations, you're happy. We mix two states. One of them is happiness and the other is fun. Happiness is that peaceful contentment feeling of I like the world as it is right now. Fun is the modern world's replacement of happiness. It's, you know, when I am unable to reach that state of happiness, what I do is I go out on the weekend and I go to a party and boom, 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 and my, my brain stops thinking. As long as it st stops thinking, I, feel, I think I feel happy. Not because I'm actually in that peaceful state of happiness, but I, because I suspended my unhappy thoughts. I lost my son all of a sudden. Like from, you know, from having a, a happy holiday together to losing him was four hours. And the question that hit me at the time was, what can I do now to bring him back? And nothing I could have ever done, including locking myself in a room and crying for the rest of my life, 
could bring him back. And to me, the whole idea was, I can either choose to suffer or I can choose to sort of accept life as harsh as it has become and reset, make that the zero point and try to make it slightly better than it is today. So let's make it slightly better tomorrow. Wouldn't it be amazing if I can reach out to 10 million people and just give them that message, which by the way, seems to work. Everyone that hears it says, yeah, it makes sense. Okay. Can you imagine a world where 10 million people are happier? It wouldn't bring Ali back, but it would be slightly better than the day he left. So that was Mo Gawat talking about happiness. He has a book out at the moment called Solve for Happy. I haven't read it, but I believe that it concentrates on a more scientific way of creating happiness rather than the usual spiritual or mindful perspective that we see a lot today. Um, he's an amazing guy. I loved listening to him speak. Uh, in fact, I lost track of time following link after link about him. He speaks with such clarity uh, and confidence and it makes you just kind of want to grab a hold of yourself. <laughs> he wrote he wrote the book primarily because he was compelled to share his story about how his son unexpectedly died. He talks about being calm. Yes, he was in extreme pain, but he wasn't angry and doesn't blame anyone, even though it was a surgeon that made a mistake that ultimately led to his son's death. He said that he could have locked himself away and cried for the rest of his life, as you heard, uh, or make small efforts every single day to bring positive positivity back into his life. He said by locking himself away, that would help, wouldn't help anyone um, and would only bring more suffering onto himself. So I just want to talk about a few key points that we can take away from what he said. Um, can I do anything about external circumstances? And if not, can I accept what is happening and move on? So I say all the time, um, external stuff happens and you have to take a minute to think. I know it could be traumatic or it could be simple, but you have to take the time to think, could I have controlled that? And if you can't, you must let it go. Um, it's just a matter of deciding that I couldn't have controlled this, so I have to let it go. Um, and if you can change it, then maybe the next time something happens, you can deal with it better. Um, and, it, and you've grown from the process because of it. Then what I also would like to say is this is about making a choice on how we go forward um, when we're subjected to something that is often unpleasant or tragic. Now, I'm not saying ignore your feelings. Yes, experience the pain. That's about, that's the whole process. But then choose your next action steps carefully. Okay, moving on. What are your expectations of life and what it should be? You know, going out and drinking can be fun, but are you just papering over the cracks briefly in order for you to not have to think about what's happening in your life? This can probably show up in other ways too. We can easily get dis distracted with technology, social media, TV, uh, anything to stop us actually stopping doing nothing. Because if we do nothing, our brain will kick into gear and we're almost, I think, afraid to, to see or feel what comes up because of that. Um, I'm personally trying hard to do nothing for a tiny part of the day 
Uh, I'm hoping it will bring me some clarity and possible creativity as well. Remember when you were younger and you didn't have all this technology and the summers seemed to go on forever and ever? That's just you getting your your time back, basically. By, by getting distracted by stuff, your day goes in so, so fast. But if you kind of embrace the now, you get a little bit of time back, I think, if that makes sense. Uh, also, so how do we get into this peaceful state he talks about? Well, by making small changes, really taking the space between a thought and an action and deciding how we want to move forward. Mo lost his son, but he has made the conscious decision to make every day that little bit better. It may be small, but as I've said before, small builds momentum and momentum leads to new rituals and beliefs and who knows what in the future. And finally, just to reiterate his equation for happiness, it goes like this. Happiness is equal to or greater than the difference between the way you see the event of your life and your expectations of how life should be. If life meets your expectations, then you're happy. So this is about thinking, what are my expectations? And I'm just going to leave you with that. Uh, I think we need to stop thinking uh, that happiness is a goal and end product. It has to be a work in progress. You know, there's going to be peaks and troughs. But how you ultimately feel is going to be down to how you decide to deal with specific circumstances. You know, there's always, always a choice. Um, here, here's an example of fleeting happiness. You know, you get a new physical product say a piece of technology you know that that feeling whenever you you get something new you're excited you open it slowly or maybe not perhaps you rip it open because you're super excited and then what happens the feeling fades so quickly and it's just another thing to take up space in your house and you kind of wonder where your next fix is going to come from and as the minimalists once said who are a bunch of guys who have really stripped back their life coming from corporate world the less we let in the less we have to let go. So that is the podcast on happiness. I hope you enjoyed it. I, re- I really enjoyed talking about that and would love to hear your feedback, guys. So any questions, send them along to karen at goodcleanchow.com. If you want to support the show, as always, head on over to goodcleanchow.com forward slash slash support. And if you would, if you're, if you're in the podcast app, leave me a little review on iTunes. That would be great. Until next time, stay happy, make good decisions, and I'll see you next time. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is in no way a substitute for medical advice. So please consult with your general practitioner before embarking on any new diet or exercise regime.